Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast brought to you by FamilyVisionMedia.org. And you can find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com. Oh boy, we're getting into it today. I have with me for the podcast, Dr. Shay Bradley Farrell. She's the president of the Counterpoint Institute, and she's going to talk to us about immigration, lawful and unlawful, and everything that goes along with that. Shay, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Stacey, thank you so much for letting me talk about this issue. I'm very passionate about it. So I am too, and I get a little worked up because I take this to be um, a facilitator of sex trafficking. And I know that that's true because I've interviewed so many people. But I was looking forward to our conversation today because you've actually been to the border. So before we talk about your experience there, tell us what Counterpoint Institute does and, and where we can find out more about that. I appreciate that, Stacey. We expose the truth about uh, underlying issues in national security, foreign policy, and the cultural foundations, actually, of our nation. Um, and we use these things not just to educate Americans, but to give decision makers on Capitol Hill the tools to promote uh, conservative values and conservative policies. So, in, in other words, what that means in layman's terms is we do the legwork, the, the on the groundwork. You mentioned I actually went down to the border, which is uh, I spent a lot more time and got more into the nitty gritty certainly than our vice president did. And I went down there and interviewed uh, the people that actually live there and that are experiencing. What's going on with the chaos on the border? It was ranchers that live along the border, lo- local law enforcement, federal law enforcement, small business owners. And what I asked them mainly, among many things, was what do Americans need to know about what's going on at the border that they're not being told? And I really found out a lot of information that, uh, you know, as I said, people are not hearing about and they should. So the they can't hear about it because if we had our regular media from 40 years ago, they would be seeing images of the border on the nightly news. They would be so appalled by it. The flights of people getting dropped off in the middle of the night in major cities, the just line after line after line of young, able-bodied men, single men mm-hmm. who are loaded off of buses and then ushered into hotels. They're given a card and they're basically now they're a part of your community. Um, I can't imagine what's going to happen with that in the future. I don't want to be a doomsday person or a naysayer, but I also know that this is a recipe and a formula for disaster. So let's let's first talk about your experience. What what made you head down to the border? And then when you were down there, what did you see? Well, why I decided to go down is is basically what I said, you, I can sit here in D.C. and I can give my opinion and I can talk about what I think, but really how good is that if I haven't been down there firsthand and seen what the people who live there and whose livelihoods are being affected. Um, and, and what's interesting is we can talk more about that, about the communities that are being affected and the people dumped in the communities because there's, there's a lot of stories to that as well, because these immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants, are being dumped in communities with no place to go and no food to eat. But setting that aside for just a moment, one of the things people said to me over and over again that the rest of America is not getting for some reason 
is that the Mexican cartels uh, are in charge there. They hold, uh, a rancher told me, they have the, the northern border of Mexico totally sealed off, and they, they own it. So here's, here's the main point I want to get across about that. Nothing gets across our border illegally. Nobody comes across our border illegally unless the Mexican cartels authorize it and are paid for it. So this huge influx of illegal immigrants that we've had um, over the past year is benefiting directly the Mexican cartels. We've had four times the number of people last year coming across illegally than we did the last year of President Trump. Two and a half times the amount of fentanyl. And, uh, you know, fentanyl is the number one killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. Almost twice as much cocaine, 20 times the number of murderers. So anyway, I'm just breaking this down so people can get a real idea of, of what that means. And all of this influx is benefiting the Mexican cartels in the billions of dollars. So to, to explain a little bit more about the and, and Sham, I just it, it, I always feel really angry. I get angry when I hear a new fact about the southern border that I don't have a full grasp on because I feel like I've I've interviewed enough people. I've read enough. I've certainly talked about it enough. But when you say the, the northern border of Mexico is sealed and the only things that come across it into our country are permitted by the cartels. That is a totally different way of describing that situation. That's right. It is. And, and I think I said this, but let me make sure I say this. Illegally. Nothing comes across illegally unless they know about it. And what Biden has done is encourage people to come to our country and to bring drugs into our country illegally by the hundreds of thousands. We have never seen this high a number ever in our history of people coming across like this. Um, and, and yes, you know, until I went down there and really saw, I, I knew the Mexican cartels were in charge, but I did not understand the extent of it. Because here's the key, too, that I, I want to say about that. The fact that the Mexican cartels are in charge totally eradicates the Biden administration's narrative of humanity. And excuse me, I think their slogan actually is their immigration so-called policy is uh, humane, orderly, and safe. It is nothing but. If all you care about is um, bringing humanitarian help to people who really do want to come to our, our, our country or get out of bad situations, this is a really bad way of doing it. Um, I can give you some stories, Stacey. Just interrupt me if I go on too much because I can. Um, no, go on. I had a, a retired Border Patrol agent tell me one story. So I, I asked him, well, why don't people just freelance their way across? Why do you have to pay the cartels thousands of dollars and be hooked up and collaborating with these brutal enterprises? And he said, say, because they'll flat out kill you if you don't. And he gave me a lot of stories, but one that really stuck in my mind, quite frankly, because it, it makes the hair on the back of my neck raise. Um, is a story of a, a group of about 12 people that were trying to bring drugs from Mexico into the United States. So freelancers from the, the Mexican cartel call people who try to freelance their way across tapolines uh, or grasshoppers. And they have, the cartels have scouts 
stationed all along the border. They have certain corridors that each scout looks at. And if you try to come through that corridor without uh, paying the cartels, without having the help of the cartels, then that scout will go to those people and, and they'll ask them for like some sort of code or password. If you don't have that code or password, it's bad news for you. And these 12 people were killed by the cartels, just killed, left there, the bodies in the desert. But there was a message pinned to their chest, and it said, por ser tapolin, which meant for being a grasshopper. So understand, the cartel didn't take the drugs. They didn't care about the drugs. They wanted to send a message, and, and Dan Cantu, the retired Border Patrol agent um, that told me this story, said this was a very strong message, literally and figuratively, that if you try to come across without collaborating and paying us, uh, you will be killed. So that's one example. <sighs> so I want to just I want to just say because um, I want you to go to the next one, but just as in a little interjection, Shay, we don't understand this. We're Americans. We you know we we kind of run through each other's backyards to get to the walking trail. You know we 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 have a society where. You know, you have gated communities and then you have open subdivisions where you can literally walk through four subdivisions on, you know, go on a two mile hike and, you know, make it through all of your neighbor's subdivisions and circle back around and come home. And that's normal because you're inside not just America, not just a state, but you're inside of a, you know, a city or a municipality. But what we're talking about at the southern border is we are a nation and we have sovereignty. And a part of our sovereignty is that we have well-delineated, identifiable borders. And then if you are not a citizen of this country and you want to enter in and you're not flying into one of our airports or approaching our border at a port, a port of entry Mm -hmm. that is a lawful passage point, then those other areas, whether they are fenced or walled or not, are actually, it's an invisible line, but it's still a line. And crossing over it carries penalties. It's a felony to enter this country illegally, or at least it was when we were enforcing our immigration policy during the last administration, it is no longer. So I just want to make that point because we, we don't understand the drug cartels because we're not, we're not criminals and we don't understand how they kill people and make an example of people and how that word passes among all of the people who want to come here. They know what the rules are and they're following them because those rules get them into this country. That's right. And that's very well said, Stacey. And I appreciate you spelling that out because that, that is an important distinction. You know, it is against the law to cross our borders illegally. And all we're asking the Biden administration to do is enforce immigration law. And the law enforcement there on the ground is uh, discouraged. Our federal law enforcement is discouraged. I had one DHS agent say to me, you know, this is U.S. territory. Why aren't we allowed to defend it? I don't know if you saw a couple of days ago, there was uh, an interchange or exchange between the Border Patrol and uh, Secretary Mayorkas on this. And they're, they're heated, they're discouraged. And this is a lot of what I, I found when I was down there. Um, one thing I, I wanted to say, too, that you made me think of when we're talking about the brutal enterprise that brings immigrants across this, this is the point I, I want to make, is it is not humane to invite or encourage people to come into your country in this way, in this illegal way. Um, Border Patrol 
told me this story as well as a rancher there in Arizona that uh, this happens a lot. They'll be carrying busloads of illegal immigrants, coyotes, that bring the people illegally into the country. They're called coyotes. You know, driving this bus across, it got out of control, it flipped over, and it killed and maimed uh, the illegal immigrants that were in it. And here is what I'm trying to explain, the character of the cartels. The coyotes that were arrested by Border Patrol, they could care less about the people that were actually placed in their care. Um, according to the border agents, you know, they cared more about how tight their handcuffs were. They cared more about how high the air conditioner was in the Border Patrol uh, truck. They didn't care about the bodies that they had left there. Uh, that were supposedly in their care. And what I'm trying to make people understand is this is not humane. And just because, you know, the media or the administration wants to say that over and over, it just doesn't make it true. Well, it doesn't. But there is misinformation. And, you know, Shay, I've been surprised um, by the amount of misinformation that has seeped in and really become a part of what we all believe, not just people on the left, but Americans believe things about each other that are simply not true. But the reason they believe it is because when you're in the airport, you only have one station you can listen to or watch. It's CNN. They have 24 hours of program that paints one, you know, one half of America as, uh, as racist. And yeah. they also have that drumbeat of misinformation that pours out 24 hours a day. And even though their audience is dwindling, they've had 20 years of misinformation that they've poured in where their audience was much larger. And we've all been exposed to it. And it's not just CNN and MSNBC. It now permeates all of our news, um, the, the evening news, the, the morning news at 6 a.m. And so we have to be much sharper and able to process what we're hearing and then determine if that is right. And then if we don't know, if we literally can't tell, I can't tell if this is true or not, then we have to do the research to figure out, is this true? And if it is true or if it's not true, what do I, what, what's my responsibility here? What should I do about it? So I think the, the point you're making about going to the border, not all of us will go, but it is our responsibility to go find, you know, Shay and find out what happened down there when you went to, to learn about your experience since I can't go to the border, but you did, you spent the time. So it's my duty, my obligation to find out what happened there. Yeah, Stacey, I, you're absolutely right. And one of the, the things that uh, I talk about a lot is that it's very important to me at Counterpoint Institute to change the narrative. Because you're right. I think that both sides, I'm a conservative, but I believe conservative Christian, but I believe both sides of the coin uh, push a narrative about each other. Often that is to the extreme. And it is our responsibility to find out what the truth about things are. And that's why I do what I do. You'll, I find that uh, I have friends on Capitol Hill, actually, that I work with that ask me for the talking points, for the research that I've done so that they can make informed decisions or they can speak to a committee um, about what's really going on. And uh, it's just very important. That's what I, I say that a lot. You know, we've got to change the, the narrative, you know, change the narrative even about what a conservative woman is or a so-called, you know, we use the word empowered woman. Well, a conservative woman is just as empowered. It just means something different. Um, anyway, I digress a bit, but you made me think of uh, something else when you said that about 
the misinformation that you're fed, it can lead you to doing crazy things or, or, or things that are not right. And one of the things, I actually wrote an article about this for the Daily Signal. And by the way, I have a five-part series uh, on the border that came out in the Daily Signal. But there are, one of the stories told to me was that there are more and more Americans, and, and the phrase that was used uh, was white Caucasian males, that are getting their cars, driving down to the border, picking up illegal immigrants, and then ferrying them into the interior of the United States, getting them to I-10 so that they're on that corridor, and then they're free, so to speak. And when these Americans, these white guys, were being um, apprehended by law enforcement, do you know what they said to the law enforcement? They said, we have the support of the president. In other words, they were looking at themselves as political activists, bringing illegals into our country because Biden was encouraging illegal entry um, into our country. Can you believe this? I can, because I really believe that once you get into a certain level of deception, you mentioned, you know, your faith and I'm, we're, we're the same there. Um, I truly believe that. So the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He also says that if you sin repeatedly and if you turn your back on him repeatedly, that he will basically release you into the sin that you're engaging in and you will become completely overcome by delusions. And those delusions will make it impossible for you to discern the truth. And so when we hear people say those things, they're bought in. They're plugged into the Biden agenda as sure as they're in the matrix. And the only way to get them out of it is for them to come to know Jesus Christ, because the lies that they're currently plugged into preclude any truth. If you say to that person, the president may want you to bring people into the country illegally, but that's still a crime, they're going to say, well, he's the president, and so I can do whatever I want. You did whatever Trump wanted. And of course, your answer to that, Shay, is the same as mine. I didn't do anything that President Trump, quote unquote, wanted. He wasn't breaking the law. I was just, you know, I was just living as an American. So the delusion is strong and we we have to be able to recognize it. I think that is such a good point. And that's why I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I think that the truth is really eluding most people right now. And for me, I agree. I go to to the scriptures every morning. I do my my Bible study every morning because unless I ground myself in the truth, then I also have the you know tendency to to be led down different paths. So I think that's very important, and I, I think that that's a, a really good point. And that's what we're trying to do at Counterpoint Institute as well is to keep you know our minds focused on on truth, on constitutional principles. What you said was true. Uh, President Trump was enforcing immigration law. Um, can, you know, it, it just boggles my mind when I hear law enforcement down there speaking, Border Patrol, because their job, they, they feel like their hands are tied. They can't. I mean, do, would you think that you would ever get to a point as a federal law enforcement officer or state law enforcement officer where you were actually told not to enforce the law? How could that be? Well, I mean, I I don't think I would ever say, oh, yeah, Shay, this is something that will happen. We're in, I hate to say it, but here it comes, unprecedented times. <laughs> but we've also been told that these things would happen, right? So 
if we actually take the time to, as you just, you've, you've demonstrated, you're into research, you like seeing with your own eyes, feeling with your own hands, verifying for yourself, and then building up a repository of knowledge that you can then not only use, but share with others who don't have the time to do the research or go do the homework. So this is what the Bible says we're supposed to do, study to show ourselves approved. That scripture refers to being able to defend the faith, but it also refers to being able to defend the truth. And any person who wants to truly know what it means to be able to defend the truth has to do the homework. And so, you know, doing the homework looks different for each person. We're not all going to go to the border. We're not all going to host a podcast, but we are all tasked with, as citizens, the duty of knowing what is going on in this country and who's promoting what and then working to set things right, no matter who it is. Because I've always said, if the Republicans started going for illegal immigration or if they flip like the Democrats have on on abortion, if they flip to the pro-abortion side, I wouldn't be a Republican anymore. That's not my identity. That's just a label that I will adopt because I agree with the platform as long as the platform mm-hmm. agrees with God's word. But that's how that works. So. Yeah. Um, so, so talk to us a little more about your some other things that you saw down on the border that I, I know there's so much, but what else can you tell us about your time there? Well, you know, Stacey, I love to tell the stories because the stories illustrate not just what real people are experiencing, but they it, it illustrates sort of the themes that are going on down there. And uh, one friend of ours, John Ladd, he's a, a rancher down in, on the border in Arizona. He's actually a fourth-generation rancher. Um, he said that it was the worst criminal activity he had ever seen. And John's been there a while. He's an older gentleman. Um, this was, in fact, uh, about a, a month ago, uh, I was on the phone with him, and he said that in the month of December, he had 1,300 illegals come across uh, his property. So I, I say that just to sort of give you an idea of what he's dealing with on his own property. Thirteen hundred illegal immigrants come across. But anyway, it's the highest criminal activity that he's ever seen in the days that he's you know lived on his ranch, which is his whole life. And one of the the ladies that I met, Stephanie Hubble, she's a small business owner uh, in Arizona. She actually came to her shop one morning and opened it and found that two human traffickers, two American citizens who had gone through traffic people across the border, had broken through her store, stolen the little bit of money that she had because she was already dealing with COVID issues and um, the economy issues and was already struggling is what I'm trying to say. They had broken in, taken merchandise, taken money and um, done drugs there. And as it turns out, these human traffickers, because that is what I call them, you had mentioned in the beginning, you know, about the sex trafficking. And at the very least, what they are is human traffickers. Anyway, they had been taken into custody two days before and then released from jail because the Biden administration, that was the policy. Arrest the human traffickers, yes but then release them into the community without any kind of consequences. And it took me probably like three or four days to actually be able to get my teeth into that because I, I guess I thought I wasn't hearing right. So these were people that were apprehended, uh, bringing people into the country illegally. They're characterized as human traffickers, and there are no consequences. They're going to be released. 
And she said that like a week later, she's standing in her shop and this other guy just walks into her shop and says, can I use your cell phone? And she says, why? Who are you? And he said, well, I just got released from jail, you know, for bringing illegals in. And I got to call my mom now to come and pick me up. She lives in Seattle. And uh, anyway, it was just the most ridiculous kind of stories, um, just underlying the fact that our immigration law is not being enforced. Uh, no consequences for the people that are involved. So that is, that's one of the, the stories also that really sticks out in my mind. I mean, it's stunning. Um, so I, I, let's, let's delve a little bit more here into some of the, the ideas that, so there's, there's, um, you already talked about the Biden administration's policy where they say from Jen Psaki says that they all repeated, it's like a talking point they've all memorized, that their policy is humane, orderly and safe. Um, And so that brings me to the sex trafficking, because there's nothing humane or safe about being someone's slave. And being also, you know, it's it's horrible, right? Being a slave is horrible. But what if you're a sex slave? Also, what if you're only 12 or 13 or 14? Or what if you're a boy, right? So, you know, you can imagine what that entails. So these are things that are happening in our country. Our tax dollars facilitate it because all of the airlines have deals. They have federal contracts to commission private flights with uh, DHS and, and ICE and all of that. So we're helping to pay for this, whether we like it or not. So the immorality yes, is shared by us all. So talk to us about the sex trafficking and help people understand why I'm always so head up about it. I'm upset because it's real and it's happening and it's dastardly. It's absolutely real. And it just goes very simply to the fact that when you have to collaborate as a woman, uh, as a, a young girl, people are giving their children to these coyotes to bring across into the United States. I mean, you are at the mercy, as a woman or a little boy, uh, of criminals. And once crossed into the United States, I mentioned this before, um, so I think that Americans think that illegal immigrants always have a place to go. The Biden administration is putting them up somewhere. They have relatives. It's not true. Uh, Stephanie, that I mentioned just a little while ago, she said her community had tried to help the hundreds of immigrants, illegal immigrants that were sleeping on park benches, that were sleeping at bus stops, children. Uh, I'm thinking of another rancher now who told me about a little girl that they had to help and help find someone to take care of her. What's going on is that the churches and the communities are getting together to help the immigrants where our administration has fallen short because, you know, just simply the communities cannot hold them. There are houses where the coyotes will pack illegal immigrants into, where they are waiting, you know, under kind of under the radar for somebody to come and get them. Do you think these houses are safe for unaccompanied or accompanied children to be in with criminals and, uh, you know, at in supposedly in the care of these cartels? It's extremely dangerous. And then people are taken up into I-10, which you know is the corridor for sex trafficking um, in the United States. Um, I mean, there's just ample, ample opportunities for women, men, boys, girls to get into trafficking and sex trafficking situations. Again, that's why I, I just keep you know, reiterating the point. This is not humane. It's not orderly. It's not safe. Um, John Lab that I had mentioned, the, the, one of the ranchers who's a friend, 
told me last year, so I need to ask him again what the number is, but last year he told me he had found 14 dead bodies on his property because people will come across and if they're weak, if they, you know, are dehydrated, the coyotes will just leave them there. Their mission was to get them across the border, not to take care of them and make sure that they live a full life. So, again, humane, orderly, and safe, it is nothing like that. And I just, I can't, I, I would, it just, I have to believe that most Americans, if they truly understood this, would say, this has to stop. It's not just a matter of uh, American sovereignty, which it certainly is. America has the right and should protect its borders. But it is also a matter of inhumane treatment sex trafficking opportunity and potential. It is a, a very bad and dangerous situation, Stacey. And it's wrong for us to ever um, to ever kind of be focused on. And this is a, actually, I won't say that. I want to know what your opinion is, Shay. Is it, is it feasible for Americans to address like the, the six countries that were recently taken off of the no immigration list or uh, like Haiti, it's they don't actually have and they're not on the list of countries that can properly immigrate into America. So that's why Haitians will come over and they'll cross the land bridge, come up and try to cross illegally because they don't have an immigration. You know, uh, they're not on our list. And if there are like, I don't know, 195 nations on this country, but not all 195 of them are actually allowed to immigrate into America. And so we often think of the Northern Triangle countries and Mexico and, you know, different ones that are at the front, like India or Pakistan. But we don't think about the countries that don't they're not even allowed to immigrate here. It has been told to me over and over again, Shay, that we need to address that issue so that people who are in a country where they want to have a better life and they want to come to America or they want to file asylum claims, they have the opportunity to do that because every person on the planet has the right because of our law to file an asylum claim. And my response to that is we don't we don't address any of the issues about immigration. If it takes 100 years to immigrate here lawfully from Honduras, that's not our problem at this moment because we have an immigration backlog that needs to be addressed and we need to stop the human trafficking. So what is your approach to reforming our immigration system? Do you think first of the people who are outside the country who are dying to get in? Do you think of the human trafficking that's going on and stopping that? Or do you think of reforming the system and eliminating the backlog? How would you approach it? Well, first things first, right? We got to seal the border. We actually have to enforce the law that we already have. And we have seen that it works. Um, like I said, you know, it's four times the amount of people coming across than it was just the previous year. You know, the other thing to really address is what about the immigrants that are here now? What about the people who came here legally that um, are watching? I guess basically American resources go to people who are not, who did not come here and, and it take the time that the legal immigrants did um, and went through a process to become an American or to be here on a rightful basis. I think as far as human trafficking goes, that's a really big issue. If we seal the border and we address enforcing the law, then human trafficking goes down. So that's a part of it. And, you know, in my experience, I haven't worked a whole lot in the asylum process, but I agree with you that it doesn't matter how long it takes, you got to come here legally. And it's really, I, I think, too, it's a, it's a, a matter.
matter of, I guess I should say, uh, merit-based immigration. I mean, one of the things that was told to me, you know, by John Loud that I mentioned is that the, and he got this firsthand from the sheriffs in the area where he lives, is that the people that were coming over and being ferried over were actually VIP cartels that he had seen on his property. So we have to remember that criminals are trying to get in as well. Uh, a a uh, federal law enforcement agent had told me also that they had been told that unless somebody, a criminal, was on a terrorist watch list, they had to let them go. So we got to look at the kind of people that are coming here and, and vetting. What kind of vetting situation do we have? And I hope that answers your question some. Okay, so you and I are again, once again, we have the Unimine going on because I truly believe that you don't say, oh, we have a huge backlog of people who are already in America working and they're having babies and those babies are going to public schools and being paid for by American taxpayers. But let's work on getting more people in here from more different countries that don't currently have an immigration agreement with us because it's important that those people have access to America as well. I've never heard anything so nonsensical. And I'll right. take it a step further it's immoral for us to say we're going to do anything for people outside this country. I don't care where they are. When we have sex trafficking in our country and we have hundreds of thousands of American children who are separated from their parents because their yeah. parents are criminals or they're dead. We also have a, a huge number of homeless individuals. There's a significant portion of that. I think 35,000 homeless people are actually military veterans. And then we have all of the other. So yeah. I'm not saying we take America into a utopia. No crime, no, 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 nothing. But we are in a place right now where we, our immigration system is completely busted. How can we add more to it? How can we even talk about that until we fix what's going on? I, I think we need big, huge, not just walls. Um, uh, Israel just built a wall on on a part of their border that goes 14 feet underground. It's completely electronic. Um, it's also made of concrete. And it's thick, and they've apparently spent $6 billion on it. And we need a border like that across our entire southern border. And then we need immigration courts at stations at, in, in the south and in Texas and Arizona. And that those immigration courts would be to handle the illegal aliens who are in the country who have filed asylum claims. And then we need many airports next to those to fly people out completely, just flights all day, every day. Everyone who is in the country and their asylum claim is denied, then they can apply for immigration one time, lawful immigration. And if they're caught in the country illegally, it's a lifetime ban from ever stepping foot in our country again so that we can take care of the people who are already here. Because there's a, there's a lot of people yeah. who are in this country illegally. They're illegal aliens and they're a public charge and we're already taking care of them. And so we, we're, what, we're, not, we're not barbarians. We're not going to throw them out of the hospital or you know, remove them from the care that they're getting. So we have to take care of them. So we, we can't afford to add anyone else to the list. We just, I just don't understand how anybody, it, it has to be deception that, that would make people think they could do that. It's irresponsible. I mean, what you were describing is irresponsible. We have to take care of, and I should have said this, we have to take care of Americans. Uh, what about our children? What about the the kill, number one killer of Americans between 18 and 45 being the fentanyl? We've got to take care of our own country first. And uh, let me explain where I'm coming from on this. You know, my PhD and my background is actually in international development. What that means is uh, for about 10 years, I went around the world 
um, helping less developed countries uh, develop themselves socially and economically. I have a real heart for people and helping people, helping people in different cultures and foreign countries that are like, we used to call them third world countries. Now we call them less developed countries. So that's the place where I'm coming from. I'm very interested in that. But what I believe is much more important um, is for everybody, each citizen of their own country, to protect their own country and take care of their country first. And understand, I mean, the United States is the biggest giver of humanitarian aid there is all over the world. Um, you know, Vice President Harris actually said that her immigration policy was to address the root causes of immigration. What she meant was she wanted to address, you know, the, the poverty in other, other countries, um, the social conditions, the health care conditions. Well, that's all good and well, but you know what? We already addressed that with billions of dollars going through our State Department and humanitarian aid, going through the U.S. Agency for International Development and humanitarian aid. That has absolutely nothing with the sovereign right to defend your own borders. Every country has that right, and America certainly does. And if we don't use it, then we get to a place like where we are now, where we have American citizens participating in the lawlessness. And that's, you know, it's just so horrible. Um, it's just so horrible. So I, I'm I'm so grateful that you had time to join us today and that we could have this conversation. I want to toss it back to you, Dr. Farrell. Tell us anything that you have left that, that maybe maybe we missed or anything you want to close out on for our podcast listeners, because I think this is going to be widely shared. People, people need the perspective that you've shared today, and we're so grateful for it. Well, I really appreciate it, Stacey. I, I can tell you, I've had the privilege to be on One American News Network and do several interviews about this and the Daily Signal series that I wrote, uh, do some other radio, but uh, nobody's given me quite this much time. And I thank you for that because I think if more Americans really understood that they would pressure our administration to put an end to this. Uh, So the last thing I I do want to leave you with is maybe this is very obvious, but, you know, I've talked a lot about the uh, illegal immigrants and the uh, inhumane way that it treats them. And I've done that because I don't think people get that because of this narrative that they put forward that uh, they're doing this in a humane, safe, and orderly way, but it puts so much stress on our communities in housing, in healthcare, in education, and in our law enforcement. And anyway, I just want to drive that point home because I feel like right now we have no southern border. And if this goes on for three more years, Stacey, I can't even imagine where the United States will be, it, it, is, it will be a mess. And I intend on going back down there uh, probably in about a month. And so I just would ask your listeners, please go to counterpointinstitute.org if you'd like to hear more. You can read my articles, uh, follow us on social media, sign up for our newsletter. And if your heart is led in that way, please give a donation. We're a 501c3 organization, and, uh, of course, these, these trips and investigations take money. 
So I really appreciate all the time that you've given to me today. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. And I, I just will go ahead and maybe as a scheduling thing, hope that you will come back and join us again to bring us the update that you're going to have um, after your next trip to the border. And we'll be praying for your safety down there. But I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're one of those lions that we have for the faith where you're not afraid to go into those places and talk to those people and tackle those issues because you have the spirit of courage and you you don't have any fear you're fearless and so those are <laughs> attributes that are uh that's those are the attributes of a leader and of a warrior and also of someone who i i feel very privileged to have you here and to be connected to you and i i look forward to talking to you again not just about immigration but about everything you're doing at counterpointinstitute.org counterpointinstitute.org i've put a link in the show notes of today's podcast if you want to head over and sign up for the newsletter great website you also get to see what dr shea looks like if you if you head over there um i i will just warn you she's a showstopper so head over and take a peek <laughs> sign up for the newsletter and um you have to join us again i'm so glad you were here today dr shea Farrell. Oh, I absolutely will, Stacy. Thank you so much. And thank you for the encouragement. You're welcome. All right. That is another podcast for the ages done for you by me, Stacey Washington, communications director at familyvisionmedia.org. Find out more by stopping my website, stacyontheright.com. All right. God bless you. We'll be back with you again soon. <laughs>